Gavin, the infection's going to go down to the phone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Podquisition. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm all right. I'm feeling okay. A um, little bit tired, but not as tired as, as you, because I haven't had the working week you've had. But we will get to some of that. <laughs> uh, I am joined by the equally lovely Gavin. Hello. Hello. I hope everyone's well today. I'm pretty good, pretty good, yeah. Your Bloodborne song came out. Yeah, your Bloodborne song's really good. Thank you did you. another good song music. Yeah, <laughs> I does good songs music, so he does. You put good sound words in my ear holes. <laughs> yeah, no, it got a very good response, this one. People like the old choir and orchestra effect, apparently. <laughs> it was very fitting, it worked really... I mean, it's always nice to see anything inspired by the Souls games, because... It's just it, when someone really properly nails that gothic sort of mm. intimidating, but also kind of elegant. Uh, I was actually reading, because mm. I bought the Dark Souls art book recently, <coughs> just out of my growing obsession with From Software. Um, mm. And they were talking in it about how everything they design is so... There's got to, always got to be a dignity to it. Even if it's yeah. like rotting and dying and covered in pus. It's it still has this grotesque. kind of... Yeah, this sad refined elegance to almost it. almost a, um, a, a beauty to us in, in in a way yeah yeah i actually mm. wrote on uh, gamefront many years ago about um how the souls games are what i call beautifully bleak uh, this sort mm. of proof that having brown and gray color schemes doesn't mean an, uh, you have to have an ugly game um and I, a lot of that comes from me, me growing up in Erith, which I think I've talked about before. If not on mm. this show, then elsewhere. I grew up in a town called Erith, uh, which is actually in a book of Britain's worst places to live. Uh, and it wow. is just a big concrete block. It's very grey, very dismal, uh, full of shops that are run down and closed down. Um, but it's given me a nostalgia for that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I always feel... I feel oddly nostalgic when I play a Souls game. Just that that sense of grey <laughs> desolation and the sense that once there may have been a thriving um, civilization there, but that time has long gone. Yeah, the lore is the lore is so deep and mysterious as well that it makes for mm. very inspiring stuff for anyone who is doing any kind of thing inspired by it. Indeed. Also, I think we should point out. What's the uh, the number of minutes into the episode before we mention Blood- Bloodborne and Dark Souls counter at this week? <laughs> like that was almost immediate. It was right this at week. the beginning. Yeah. I, well, it was better another, than it was better than podcast. the other week when we when we didn't introduce Gavin. We at least like introduced Gavin before we got into it this week. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we got we got the intros done, and then it's right into Souls talk. Right into Souls um, talk, which is fine. There's another um, podcast Blood I do Born, with, with yeah. Gray, and it's like. It's like that, but with Metal Gear. And every week, it's about three minutes in before someone mentions Metal Gear, and and I'm I'm the only non-Metal Gear fan on that one, so it's like, ah. <laughs> you just sit there quietly nodding along, like, yes, I am sure that all of these are intelligent points that I cannot be a part of. Yeah, I, I love that Metal Gear fellow like gamers. <laughs> oh, do we want to talk about the weird fucking Metal Gear thing this week? That's so. I mean, we were talking about it a little before we recorded, um, you and I, Laura, and I'm just... Yeah. Like, like this is what... Like, I think you said this is what the game industry has become. Like, and this is what Kojima's done to his fans, that yeah. we're, 
we're trying to spin this into some sort of weird conspiracy. So, um, yeah. yeah. The, the games industry is this weird thing where just everything is part of some conspiracy and we at all times have to read too much into everything. And the latest example of this is that there is a doctor who exists in Italy. He's been practicing medicine for about a decade, doing research into head transplants. And he made an official announcement through some medical body in Italy this week saying, hey, I think that I have finally perfected the technology for a successful head transplant to be an achievable thing. So this is a real medical doctor in it- in Italy who's worked his entire career towards this point. There's at least a decade of research that's gone into it. He's a legitimate doctor. Now, photos of this doctor start going up online and get picked up by Reddit because he's got some very PR-ish photos where he's, like, posing with a head on a platter and things like that, and they look very much like something out of a promotional shoot, and... He looks like a character in, like, a... He looks like a Dexter villain. Well, yeah, <laughs> he looks like a, some kind of character, like an evil villain from something. <laughs> yeah. And people then picked up on the fact, wait a second, this man is the exact spitting image of a weird, creepy doctor from the Metal Gear Solid Five trailer that we've seen in footage. And this entire web goes across the internet of like trying to prove that this this man's decade of legitimate medical research was entirely fabricated in order for this like to be part of a Kojima joke. And here's my point. If Kojima has done this, if Kojima has had a man fake a decade of medical research in order to make a point... Presumably funding <sighs> him to go through medical school. <laughs> I will be so proud of Kojima. I will be so proud if this is real. Like it, there, was a, there was an interview on Kotaku today with this doctor who's like, no, I'm a legitimate medical doctor. I've put a decade of research into this. Why would I fake a, a, a decade of medical research for a video game reveal. It's like, well, yeah. because Kojima. Yeah, because... I mean, the the one thing that, that makes me believe that this is all nonsense, apart from the fact that it is just utterly apart from, ridiculous... A, apart from the decade of medical research that yeah. you did. It's the fact that Kojima is nowhere near enough subtle for that. He gets too excited, like the, when he did the whole Moby studio thing and he had the guy in the bandages and they claimed it was a different studio. He littered that with so many clues that oh, people God, like, picked it apart in he, seconds. He named himself Joachim, which was an anagram of his own name. Yeah. Like, he's too conceited and tips like, his hand because he, he gets so excited by his own trickery. He, he is not the man behind Frog Fractions 2, because if he was, we'd already know what Frog Fractions 2 was. Exactly, yeah. There would oh. just be so... He's like he's basically the Riddler from Batman. I, like, he just can't keep the secret, and he has to tip his hand. Indeed. I did get confirmation this week, by the way, that um, Shao with Your Dad Simulator is not Frog Fractions 2. The Frog Fractions 2 developer now follows me on Twitter, and yeah, I was wrong. But, you know, know, at least I can scratch that off the list now. You've got to wonder about the Riddler, actually, because, like, he challenges Batman into all these, like, what he tells him are going to be amazing puzzles for his brain, and then they turn out to be, like, basic understanding of physics, and you're going to solve the puzzle. (laughs) I wonder, is the Riddler a little bit, you know, he he has an inflated sense of his own intelligence. (laughs) 
I think that's come up a few times. The Riddler's actually a very interesting character when you read some of the stories and things. Like the time when he tried to go straight and just couldn't help it. Like he's legit, and admits like he's le he thinks he's legitimately unwell. Or the time where he found out Batman's actual identity worked out he was Bruce Wayne. Um, and Batman didn't do anything about it. And the Riddler was all like threatening him and Batman is all like, you're not going to do anything about it. Because you've solved the greatest riddle of all time. You you have, like, this huge secret. And if you start telling people, it's not going to be a secret anymore. And then just the logic bomb just hit and the Riddler just looks so sad. <laughs> because he realises he's just worked out something brilliant and can't do anything with it because of his own sort of um, psychological makeup that would prevent him from doing it. Um, that is kind but, yeah, of that's... genius. I never realised there was that much depth to the character. Thank you, Jim. Pretty... You've informed oh, me. That's what I'm here for, is to let people realise that the Riddler's okay. Um, so, where are we? Oh, yes, Russian Headman. Um, I did read, because I, I did a little brief bit of reading before we um, recorded. Apparently, the Doctor's talking about possibly suing um, Konami wow. for the use of his likeness. Um, so, that would, if that goes to trial, that would be amazing. Especially if, again, that's part of... Like, like I, I'm just... I don't think this is a Kojima thing. I, but well, imagining a world where it is, is a beautiful world. I don't think that this doctor works for Kojima, but I don't doubt that Kojima might have stolen the appearance of a man who works in another country, just assuming he'll never know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's, this, yeah. this doctor looks like such an evil villain anyway, that you show Kojima a picture of that doctor and he's like, yes, that is my next Metal Gear character. Thank you. Yeah, you just take a look at it and just be like... I can do I can do something with this creepy man in a medical apron with uh, Sheldon Cooper's head on a silver tray. I can do something with that. Just give me five minutes. Um, so yeah, like just imagining a world where this is true, where he funded an Italian man to go through medical school. A man who had no like a professional actor he'd have to be. With no actual interest in medicine. And then he says, in ten years' time, you're going to tell people that you can put a man's head on another man. And then then you're going to sue us. Don't worry, we'll find you a lawyer. And we're going to spend all this money on medical training and a, a huge trial of the century. Just so that we can promote a game that people already all know about. Again, like... The fact that you would need to do this is... I'm amazed that people think you would need to do this. But equally, I want it to be true. I want to believe that Kojima has thought this out this much and that all of his moments of I am going to be terrible at keeping secrets and I'm going to leave far too many clues were all a calculated act in order to make sure that this one, one thing slipped under the radar and that no one would think it was him. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I would believe. take back... I would take back everything. I would proclaim him the jigsaw of video games and take back everything I've said about him being too conceited to keep a secret. <laughs> if, if all of the secrets were truly just like, he deliberately revealed them for this. I want to believe. Kojima, yeah, prove me right. If it's not true, go pay that doctor now and say, okay, just I will pay you all of the money I have to say that your career is a sham. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, yeah, we, had, we can't put that past them. Actually paying the doctor to just pretend it was all a, a marketing scheme. Uh, I mean, the man's claiming he can put heads on things. Like, I don't think it would take too much to get him to just just pretend he's some down and out actor from that they picked up in LA somewhere. 
Uh, yeah, that is a story that happened this week. So, yeah. What do we want to talk Good about? Stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I did this week, I played Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. Mm. The side-scrolling um, uh, game, which, as a game, it's probably so far the best Assassin's Creed game I've ever played. Um, of course, that's not saying much, considering I don't like the Assassin's Creed games all that much, or, or at least I... Every time I come close to liking them, Ubisoft fucks them up somehow. But this one is interesting because literally, and I'm talking not not the way the internet uses literally these days, and indeed the way I often do. I'm talking the actual proper definition of the word literally. Literally, the moment gameplay started, I encountered a big notable glitch. And I, I had to just sit back and think, fucking hell, just just... Just, like, Ubisoft's not even the one... I think a studio called Climax is working on it. It's like someone from Ubisoft just kicked their door open and just say, No, no! You put a glitch there! They must know straight away what is coming. They must understand what they are walking into. Yeah, it is an Ubisoft trademark. We will fuck everything up. And then we will sit back and realise we have done a good day's work. Um, so, yeah, there was... Just the second it started, the character disappeared momentarily just started grabbing hold of something like there was no ledge there she started grabbing hold of a ledge in midair disappeared then appeared and fell down a chasm and then just reappeared where she should have been and that's how <laughs> that's how the game started my my experience with the game was not quite that bad i did notice some 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 glitches and bugs here and there that were detractors from the experience but they weren't nearly that um that instant or apparent but I will say it, Assassin's Creed China, I really enjoyed the setting and the concept and the uh, the sort of gameplay mechanics they set up and everything about this game, other than the fact it kept doing weird things that I was like, oh, 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 okay, yeah, that, 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 that happened, that's pulled me out of it, but I can get back into it. No, no, okay, okay, it's tempering my excitement again. It's very tutorial-laden. They keep uh, throwing things in and just plastering the screen in text. Again, typical Ubisoft fare. Um, but I still I can't get over the glitching. Mm. Like, like it's, it's twice she's teleported in weird places. And, like, every time I pass a checkpoint, it stutters to a huge degree. Oh. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what, where are you playing it on? I'm not sure what... I'm, pl- I'm playing on on PlayStation, so PlayStation. I've not I've not played the Xbox version. Right, I'm on PC. Um, okay. I mean, given Ubisoft's history with PC, that might explain why some of my issues I had. Um, but yeah, there's terrible stuttering every time I get given a grade at each I, checkpoint and everything. I, I have the checkpoint. Uh, the checkpointing is equally stuttery for me. So yeah, I'm like what? Jesus Christ! It's a it's a side scroll. It's not even an open world mm. massive map. Like, how can you... They, it, it has to be on purpose at this point, Ubisoft. <laughs> it has to be on purpose. This this is your version of the Italian head surgeon. It's some big, long con that you're, <laughs> that's going to reveal itself later in a twist. I, I really hope that um, they are, they're going to patch it after this episode goes up because they, they just want us to talk about Ubisoft games. They want to get some free promotion out of the podquisition. Once they've got that... Then they're like, okay, we've got our free podquisition um, promotion. Now we can fix the bugs. <laughs> Gavin, as Ubisoft's mm-hmm. biggest fan or biggest villain, um, what what do you think of? Do you know anything about the game? Thoughts? 
Not really. I kind of um I kind of notice a pattern with the Assassin's Creed games in that anytime it's in an exotic location with a protagonist that isn't a grumpy white dude, it's like one of the not main games that isn't yeah. on the, all the main platforms. And I'd love to have seen this because I'm I love the idea and I love the aesthetic and everything, but I'm just not big on platformers, to be honest. <laughs> if if this was 1994, I'd be all over that shit. But mm. I've kind of I've just lost interest in platformers a bit over the years, and I'd love to have seen one of the main games uh, set in China with with that character. You're pretty much mirroring everyone on the internet this week. Where it's just, oh, yeah. I really like the idea of this, but why wasn't China one of the mainline games? Why are we yeah. getting it as this small side thing? Like, I for, I love London's going to be cool and everything, but like, it, I, I just China. imagine China would be much more an exotic yeah. place to. I, I want somewhere that's not like very uh, people who are either English or from a country that was once made of English people or from Europe. It's all Europe yeah. and England and people who defected from England to go make their own England plus. I mean, yeah. the problem is, is, is Ubisoft's, all of Ubisoft's games lately are all vengeful white dudes who've lost, like, a father or a wife or a kid or something. Baron like, Connor, who's a vengeful the... half-white dude. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's just, just, just angry white men who have lost someone. Uh, and then go on revenge. It's like mm. I've I've talked about this before about how Ubisoft's games are just so so pathetically homogenous, um, and it's in stark contrast to the stuff they've got shunted off at the sides. You know, this uh, like Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, which I'm enjoying more than I have any recent mm. Assassin's Creed game. Um, what was but the, um... it is this case where it's like, of course we've got diverse Assassin's Creed characters. We've got diverse ideas. They're they're over there. No, yeah, no, that's they're, kind they're of how over I there. Felt Check too. behind the dumpsters. What was the one with the black uh, lady character in it? That, what was that, that was the PS um, Vita one, Liberation, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And what was her story? Was she on a revenge mission too, or was that a different kind of uh, a story? Because I didn't that play one that one. I never one. played. Um, I she was doing something she, where she was having to subvert the um. Like, b break into different levels of society by, like, well, well, now I'm wearing my slave clothes so I can go and do all the stuff in the slave areas. And now I'm wearing my aristocrat clothes so I can go to the fancy ball and kill the aristocrats. Yeah, because she started, she, she turned up as a playable character in a DLC that I got mm. for um, Assassin's Creed 4, I think it was. And she seemed like a really cool character. She was kind oh, of smart is, and yeah. quippy and quick-witted. And I was like, well, I would have liked to have played as her in one of the main games. Yeah. It, Actually, it to be fair, Edward, Edward wasn't, like, really a vengeful guy either. He was kind of, yar, we be pirates. <laughs> uh, he's, he was equally European, though, still. We need some yeah. non-European types I mean, to happen. it comes to something when even their racing games... Star angry white men who are out for revenge. Like that's that's the crew for you. Like the 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 whole idea of the crew, which is a fucking racing game, a car driving game, is a dude 
is angry and out for revenge because of someone got killed. Like it's, and of course that's also the game where you find radio towers to unlock bits of a map, like every other fucking mm-hmm. Ubisoft game. Like it's just the homogeneity is unbelievable. I mean, it's a thing with games in general, though. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like playing the white dude on the revenge mission, just not in not in every game. <laughs> it but gets a bit that, yeah, tiring people, after a while. Like <laughs> I think some people who push back against this sort of desire for diversity in games seem to think that they want they want like the existing status quo taken away and it's not mm. that we want it people want it added to mm. you yes. know it's just i again like i am perfectly fine with with angry white dude who's out for revenge but it would be nice to have other stuff i mean again yeah. like i pointed out this uh, current you know as chronicles china is i'm having a lot of fun with it and mm. and having that added to the other stuff is is good wasn't yeah. there another Chronicles as well? In some yeah, that's interesting... what got me. I saw the trailer for Assassin's Creed Chronicles. I thought it was one guy with yeah, three protagonists. I didn't and then, get that. <laughs> yeah, and then once I saw Chronicles China, I'm like, of course they turned it into three games. Why wouldn't mm. they sell it three times? Because why make something a single thing when Where you can was, make it a trilogy, um, as we learned from The Hobbit? Is China yes. the first one or the second one? It's or? the first it's the yeah. first one. Then there's one in Russia and one... Oh, I forget the other one. I don't remember the other one either. Ugh. No. But, um, but anyway, that's it's going to be three games. The amount of a... Like, I was playing... For when, when I was re- uh, playing Assassin's Creed Unity for review... Uh, in fact, I opened the, my review with this. Uh, I was testing the online and two fellows from Ubisoft were there online. And they were making fun of Dynasty Warriors... Um, over the the headsets, and I had to pipe up and just just with all due respect, uh, Assassin's Creed is is edging incredibly close to Dynasty Warriors' record right now. Um, <laughs> and with this, like when you add the the yearly annualized releases and all the spin-offs, like this this where they took a spin-off and turned it into three three games, like they are really going for it. They may actually have more games out there right now than Dynasty Warriors does they by probably the end of the year. do but yeah it's, it's weird because I, I I like some of the stuff they're doing with Chronicles it's just a case of I wish that it wasn't hey we've got interesting stuff go fetch and they throw it in one direction in the hopes that you'll run to go find it and not look at the big homogenous Assassin's Creed that's kind of towering over you on the other side it's like don't look at that big thing over there here's, here's a shiny here's a shiny exciting thing do you want to get it do you want to get it catch and they throw it the other way and they don't actually throw it they keep it in their hand you you run off looking for it uh, I hope they throw us a curveball this year I would love to see the, the London one that we got to play a lady assassin because that would be awesome it'll never happen that would you be never too know. much of a risk it might, it might too happen. much of a risk Gavin this is I will, Ubisoft I will applaud them this is Ubisoft if they do do it, I will have no qualms about giving them a little clap for it and saying, well done. So, so um, will I, I, but they, it won't happen because <laughs> it's Ubisoft. I want my assassin waifu, damn it. <laughs> the girls I'll tell get you what's going to happen. The, all I... the hot assassin men to, to lost after. Here's what's going to happen. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna announce, you know, Assassin's Creed London or whatever it is. I forget what it is. Victory. Um, victory, that's it. Uh, they're going to finally reveal their new character. He's going to take his hood off. It's going to be a bald guy with a white beard holding another man's head. And he's going to be Italian and a doctor. Did you realise? I, I didn't even realise this. Apparently, Assassin's Creed Victory hasn't even been confirmed as as properly official yet. 
No. It's still only well, it's... that initial leak from Kotaku that, <laughs> like, I didn't realise this until someone pointed it out, that technically Ubisoft haven't announced that the new one's going to be in London or that it's called Victory. <laughs> like, none of that is official from Ubisoft yet. Plus it's on Kotaku, when it comes... which is, you know... <laughs> Like, uh, here's the thing. That that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. I've spoken to some people. It seems like, like, I I don't doubt that that is true and that they had very good sources on it. But it's, like, I'm just, I stopped to think about this this week. If, let's say that in some wild world, it's, the new one is not set in London and it's not called Victory. Um, How amazed are people going to be at E3? Because that is going to be... Ubisoft catching everyone off guard with an Assassin's Creed release that's not what people expect. As Kojima strides out onto the stage when they announce it. (laughs) The Assassin's Creed series was entirely a 15-year plan for me to introduce you Assassin's Creed Metal Gear Solid. It's featuring a head transplant, um, Doctor. I wonder if we're going to see some Dishonored 2 at uh, E3. Speaking of stealthy Um, games. Well, we've got... An E3. Um, the, well, we've got Bethesda's big thing. We've talked about that yeah. before, you know, all the, yeah. the things we well, hope to see the, there. There is some new news from that, which is that press invites got set out, are sent out to people, and yeah, people have Susan been, people have been reading be, be into there. them because mm. there's a lot of characters from a lot of series who have um, seats reserved for them in this picture on the press release. There is one series that doesn't have anyone with a, a reserved seat in it, and that's the Fallout series. And lots of people are being like, ooh, does this mean that there's not going to be a Fallout game? Or does it mean they're not reserved a seat because they're going to be on stage? Or does it mean that they know people will absolutely flip their shit and read into every single detail if those people have reserved seats? (laughs) (laughs) They have probably had to give them aliases. (laughs) So, yeah, there's people on the internet that think Fallout 4 is finally happening and I wouldn't be surprised. If they don't announce it at E3, they're just gonna. They know they're gonna get an incredible backlash, yeah. and I don't well, say this for me. But have you seen like any of their YouTube videos or Facebook comments or like? Yeah. Like it's just one word is all they get now on everything they release to do with like the Evil Within, Wolfenstein. Every single thing they put out is just Fallout all con- over the comments. Considering that this is the first year they've had an E3 press conference, like they'd mm. they'd be. So, like, if there's ever going to be a year to announce a new Fallout, it's going to be the one where they got an E3 press conference for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then again, you have to consider they've never really been such a big uh, publisher before with this, as many um, third-party titles coming out as they have been in the last year or two. Yeah. You yeah. know what my hope, my hope for Bethesda at E3 is... They do an entire conference. They talk about you know some new Wolfenstein content. They they show mm. off some of the the Doom stuff that they're doing. Yeah, that um, Doom. They've about, barely given anything away about that, have they? Well, they showed a trailer off at the QuakeCon. Yeah, and they've uh, still not else. shown that off out anywhere else. Mm. But they're going to show that. They'll yeah. show that. Um, they'll talk about you know maybe some plans for some other you know maybe they'll even talk about Prey Two who knows but they're going to go through an entire conference burn through like an hour however long they've got at the very end um, they bring um, they bring out uh, you know a guy uh, who I, I can't remember any of the names of the people who work at Bethesda <laughs> but they bring out a guy who um, actually no they bring out Usher 
Uh, they get a oh special God. celebrity for it. They get <laughs> they they bring out Usher, and he takes to the podium and he says, "Now for the moment you've all been waiting for, I have." A bit of a post-apocalyptic... This is, you know, this is my best Usher impersonation. Uh, I have a bit of a a post-apocalyptic announcement for you. I think you know what we're saying. a post-apocalyptic announcement for you. (laughs) That's exactly what he does. (laughs) There is no announcement. Um, But anyway, he... (laughs) He says, now I know what you're all thinking. There's no way we could get away with this without falling out with our fans. Winks. Everyone bubbles (laughs) in the audience. I bring you Rage 2. And the lights come up and it shows Rage 2. It looks exactly like the first Rage. Um, But with like, like it's running at 30 frames per second. Um, Everyone starts rioting. Um, Bethesda brings out like an armed Gestapo force with cattle prods and they just walk through the auditorium just zapping games journalists who are screaming, beating them with billy clubs while Usher just laughs, just <laughs> like that while Rage just plays and um, down with the sickness starts going over the speakers uh, and then they flood the auditorium with, with like hot water Exactly, that's just like that. And then just huge like water cannons are just spraying hot water into the auditorium and people are screaming, we're drowning, we're drowning. And Bethesda shouts, we are really good now, at Jim, publishing Jim, games. Jim, you, you, you're so off track. This is such a ridiculous suggestion. That's clearly not going to happen. You know what's a very, mu- very much more a more reasonable, calm, and responsible prediction to make about Bethesda's E3 conference? Well, I think I was relatively <sighs> calm, so this this, I, this better be milk toast. I think I am playing this. They'll incredibly announce a mobile safe. version of Elder Scrolls Online, and that'll be their no, big, I'm, big I'm, announcement. I'm, I'm playing safer than that. So, the 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 uh, conference goes exactly how you said up to this final announcement, and someone comes out on stage. It's not Usher, amazingly. It's not Usher. Okay. It's Kojima. Kojima walks out on stage. Oh, no. And Kojima says, uh, well, we were going to have Usher out on stage to uh, announce this next game. But as it turns out, we transplanted Usher's head onto someone else. We lost where it is. We don't know who we transplanted it onto. Doesn't matter, really. That That's besides the point. We don't have Usher. So here I am to announce Metal Gear Solid Five is Fallout 4. Big thumbs metal up. Metal Gear, Metal Rusty Metal Gear. Ru- rusty, metal. rusty Metal that fell out of five Metal Gears. <laughs> Just crickets chirp. Either at my joke or at the, the announcement. And yeah, there we go. There's Bethesda. Metal Gear Solid 5. It's Kojima's been working on it for years. I thought Metal Gear Solid 5 was already coming out. I'm really confused now. No, it's, no, it's no, not. It's the new no. Fallout. It's Yeah. It's Fallout. It, it, it's going to come out on September, whatever it is, September twenty seventh. It's going to be Metal Gear Solid Five: Colon the Fountain Pain: Colon Fallout Four. Every time people say that, I think I think the Fountain Pen. <laughs> I always hear the Fountain Pen when people mention that. <laughs> Fallout Four: The Fountain Pen. There we go. That's their big <laughs> announcement for E three. Anyway, that joke started going nowhere. Where do we want to go next? <laughs> Well, I've been playing oh, well, we GTA Online on PC. Ah, GTA like, Online. It's heroin. It's so addictive. 
really, really, really good. <laughs> I thought you said it's harrowing for a second. Harrowing, it's like, no. <laughs> Oh, it's no, pretty it's harrowing when you game. just oh, like no. spend half an hour doing your car up and getting it all pimped up and then you drive straight into the first wall and break one of the headlights but not the other one that really bugs me and I always have to drive straight back to the the pain spray and fix it <laughs> uh, Rockstar it I will s- give you money for a DLC that puts guards on my headlights that, so that they don't break <laughs> Someone's made it snow in GTA Online on PC now. <clears throat> oh yeah, because there's snowy levels in it, so they probably copied in those uh, textures and weathers. Oh, mm. well, that's the snowy cool. levels I mean, the in the most... single player were very pretty. Yeah, and now you, now you can rob banks, and it'll be very pretty. I think that's the thing people have been most looking forward to it finally coming out on PC mm. is that they can you know dig in and fuck around with it now. The game um, feels amazing, though. I it mean, does. It fe- mm. I mean, running on PC at the proper frame rate, it feels like a completely different game. The race is just... It's just the feeling, the sensation of speed you get is amazing in it. All I did with it was I downloaded like someone's save data that somehow within the first day someone had like, here's a save with the entire story mode completed. So I was like, okay, right. let's download that. Let's just jump into the open world with everything open. <laughs> and... Um, I think someone was telling me it took about three hours before the first nude mods were available. It's like, yeah, this is this is what people have been waiting for. Um, Fingers crossed for a Trevor one. What was really well, he gets his ball sack out in the middle of the campaign. So we do see <laughs> a bit of his throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, genital news. Um, you know, in the order, you can see your penis flop about a bit. Damn right, you can. Yeah, you can't in Japan. They they removed oh. it. They censored it in Japan. There's no floppy penis. Is it a pixelated a penis? or? No, they just... They as far as I'm aware, scene. they just cut the scene. Oh, wow. You no longer get to see a floppy dong. But that was like the best bit. I know, right? <sighs> the thing about that penis was the longest part of the order. Oh, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is a grade A gag. That, that I'm is gonna some, put that that is some amazing satire that you just done did. Damn right. <sighs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm very sad there are no more floppy dongs in the order in Japan. I'm very sorry, Japan, you're missing out. Damn right. Like, it really was a, a beautiful moment in gaming. There was, a, there was a penis in the previous Grand Theft Auto as well, actually, in the, in the Ballad of Gay Tony DLC. There was a... a it was quite frontal. famous, yeah that, yeah, that big floppy penis. That was uh, yeah. infamous at the time. I remember it being making all headlines and stuff. Yeah, how dare video now- games have a penis in them? Mm. Now I mean, it's boobs no big are deal. fine. You know, strip clubs and boobs and things are fine, yeah. but you know, not willies. Gosh, no. Yeah. But I, I mean, God penises now are—they've uh, become more acceptable. You know, we've seen them in that. They're um, <laughs> you know rust. part of rust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> R- Satan rust, had a big floppy experience. one in Dante's Inferno. Yeah, oh, really? I'm glad we're getting to see a few more penises because, like. I think my one experience where I was like, there is not enough penises in games was um, I went to a press event for, um, I think it was Metro. What was the, the most recent Metro game? Last Light? Last Light. Yeah, Metro Last, Last Light. Light. So in the like the hour of press time we had with it at this preview event, three times, I uh, three separate areas and occasions, I saw completely exposed breast bouncing up and down. Not one penis. Not one penis in you know, sight. I, I, I walked into a room. There was a naked can canning going on stage. I had a private naked lap dance. There was not a penis anywhere, and that was that very was, sad. 
that was a really awkward blot on an otherwise fantastic game for me. I thought that <laughs> bit felt really out of place and it felt really pandery and awkward. Yeah, which, but maybe that's when, just me. It's weird when you go to a press event and like that's the hour they show you is the hour where three times in an hour you have you big tits. bouncy boobs in your face and not one yeah. penis. Like I'd be fine with the boobs. I like boobs. <laughs> just balance it out with an odd floppy cock here and there. I just don't see the point. I still don't get it in games. Like in games. <laughs> Let's be very clear about that. So you just don't get boobs in games. Okay, okay, we get no, you. No, I Gavin. get it. I just don't get why like like to set up the atmosphere of the club and everything, yeah, they you know, they have their nudie dancers, but to actually go in and interact and sit there and watch a virtual stripper. Like, you, you know what I did during that virtual yeah. stripping scene? Because of how awkward I felt at that press event, I pointed my camera at the ceiling and just waited it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a very awkward You know scene. what I'd have done? If I were at a press event and that's what they'd have showed me, I'd have just pulled down my pants and started masturbating. And so, what do you want from me? Like, is this not what you wanted? You keep showing me exposed breasts. I thought you wanted me to whip yeah. it out. They, they were very lovingly crafted um boobies though i have to admit that and yeah, in but, but the, the, the ladies the in metro last light were particularly well um endowed answer me that though. answer me this though gavin where was the man meat gavin i need an answer where was the man meat don't ask me i would have been tell uh, us gavin gavin answer it for <laughs> gavin. us hiding. where was the man gavin. meat the man meat was hiding under all of our layers of armor ortium where is your man meat <laughs> I do not want to expose my man meat because the Nocellus will try to eat it off. <laughs> okay, I think that's an acceptable answer. Nocellus well, are very answer. renowned for their. Uh, they consider man meat to be delicacy, but they do not like a woman boobies. <laughs> so, video games. Um, Jim, you, yes. you have exciting stuff. There's an Overlord trailer. Oh yes, Overlord trailer. It happened, um, the trailer. Woo. It finally came out. I am in two minds about it. Um, because, first of all, fantastic that we've got a new Overlord game coming. I, you know, a huge respect for the first two Overlord games. Um, also happy that it doesn't seem to be like some shitty mobile thing. Um, you know, some free-to-play mobile bullshit. Uh, also happy that it's not just a remake of, of one or two Overlords. Um a little, I, I, you know, I really want another Overlord game, and this doesn't look like that. This looks like a completely different type of game, which isn't bad. It's just, you know, I really miss Overlord as a game. Um, but now what it's going to be of like a game looking is, like is a, it a. Is it an RTS or what is it? Um, the original Overlord stuff is, was, is kind of. It's basically it's kind evil of like, Pikmin. Yeah, evil Pikmin. Like you're, you're this. Overlords, you collect a whole bunch of little like gremlin-like minions, and you just kind of fire them at stuff, and they break things up, and and almost dungeon keeper-ish. You just throw your guys at their guys, and they just you know whack the shit out of them, um, yeah. and that's more or less what it is. It's it's kind of very Pikmin-ish like that. You collect minions and keep trying to get enough and keep enough alive to perform tasks and stuff. Uh, whereas this one, this new Overlord, um, they've shown off just a brief silhouette of four different playable overlords and then just this few nanoseconds of gameplay and it looks like a almost looks diablo-ish now as we've got kind of an overhead view of four 
um, cooperative overlords, uh, which is certainly not a bad thing. I'm certainly eager to see it. Uh, I just yeah. do have this slight bit of melancholy that it's... You know, I'm not going to be one of these people who are, you know, they changed it now, it sucks, because I don't like having that attitude. Yes, you're not um, going to be that, yes. <laughs> but I do, I mourn a little bit for the, the idea of, of that style of gameplay that was Overlord isn't going to be there. Uh, but I am still really happy that we've got a new one in any way, shape or form, and I'm really, really excited to see what it is they're going to pull out. And I, you know, fingers crossed, hope it's good, always hope it's awesome. You remember when Overlord arrived, it was like such a novelty to play the bad guy. And now it's like every game you're the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Here's the thing, like, the Overlord games, I really enjoyed the characters and the world they built and the sort of humour they had around it. And I liked a lot of things about Overlord. I wasn't hugely into the gameplay. So... For me, the fact it seems to be doing something different in that same world, for me, that's good. I am happy to have more of that world with a slightly different kind of game. Because mm -hmm. like, it, it wasn't enough of a barrier to stop me playing the previous Overlords. It just wasn't, it just wasn't quite what thing. I wanted. But yeah. like, I am more than happy to see, hey, it's not a, it's not a reboot. It's not a, not a reboot. That's the wrong word. It's not a, um, an HD remake. It's not some kind of bundle. It is a new game. So I'm like, okay, I'll give, I'll give it a go with something new. Definitely. And it does look like, at least from her tweets, it seems like Rihanna Pratchett's back on board with the writing and everything. So that's cool. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like they, they're doing something new with it and definitely hope it's good. I'm a big fan of it. I have all the little... I managed to finagle like all four of the GameStop pre-order bonuses for Overlord 2, um, which I, I, I got sent to me... Um, which were the little resin figures of the minions. Um, my dog ate one of them. Um, that cut me up. If anyone has a red, a red GameStop um, uh, Overlord minion uh, that they wouldn't mind parting ways with, <laughs> I'd take it off your hands. Uh, but for the longest time, I've had one of them up on the Jimquisition podium. Um, the other ones are somewhere. Um, but yeah, big fan of Overlord and, and really hoping the new one's good. Hooray! Uh, what else have we got this week? Oh, I got a thing this week. I've got a thing. I played another weird sex game. Oh no. Um, so this week I uh, I have a wonderful game to talk about that I, I did a nice YouTube video of earlier this week and uh, I'm going to have a look at the new Game Plus mode on it soon. It's, it's an in-depth game. It is John Cena's Sexy High School Adventure. So... Uh. For anyone who doesn't know, John Cena, I believe he's a wrestler in America. Is this accurate? He's uh, an American my wrestler, sources, I think. My sources confirm that that is yeah. accurate. He so, is, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's in the WWE. Yes, he's a sort of big, muscular, boldish white guy who likes to pose, showing off his muscles, and he's a wrestler. He's and an Ubisoft character, basically. Pretty much, and yeah, this is this is a this is a I dating think he's sim, Irish, isn't he? John Cena, or is he? He might well be. Um, I, I could not tell you from this game. It did not uh, touch whether he was Irish or not. Well, Irish-American, um, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, it's a dating sim visual novel romance game where you play John Cena attending John Cena High School trying to pick which John Cena to date before the John Cena prom happens. So... <laughs> 
you basically every character in this game is John Cena and it's the same one photo of John Cena with his arms kind of like showing off his muscles except like they've used MS Paint to turn him into different characters so there's John Cena there is Cena Senpai there is Mr. Cena who's like the teacher there is Johnny who's the rebellious one who's got like a pentagram and a swastika on him and he's the evil one and you've got the nerdy one who's got his like his school shirt on and he's a, he's a bit of a swat and he's got glasses but he's still doing the muscle pose um, I think there's even at one point a female John Cena turns up which is basically John Cena with MS Paint lipstick and an MS Paint bra just on and you have to you have to romance John Cena's before the John Cena prom well, that sounds delightful. I'm assuming it takes the uh, the visual novel style of of gameplay. Yeah, it's a visual novel. It is pick yeah. what to say, pick who to go talk to at what time, and so on. Do you want to do your homework, or do you want to hang out with the with the mean bully boy, or do you want to fight him when he picks a fight on you? And I've played this for a bit, and I didn't bother with the new game plus. And it turns out there's a new game plus mode in which you have to stop a different John Cena from destroying the universe, I think. Like, it adds in some, like, universe-destroying plot to your romance sim about dating John Cena before the prom. So I'm going to have to go back to it this week and do another video of the New Game Plus mode, so... That's John Cena's sexy high school adventure. Well, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> it, was, it was made for some game jam about making games about John Cena. So I need to go look wow. for these other John Cena games that were made in a weekend. Nice. I played um, Killing Floor 2. Uh, that came out on Early Access this week. And it's uh, it's one of those games where you look at and you're like, yeah, this is what an Early Access game should actually fucking be. Uh, because it's playable and it's not broken and it's not a load of fucking shit. Uh, and you could put hours of stuff into it and it's high quality and it doesn't look like arse and it's not a pre-alpha excuse to make a quick buck off trust uh, so that's good um, I do recommend checking it out um, Tripwire Interactive um, they seem to be good guys they, they're they really good about fostering a good online community and everything and, and they just do you know it, it comes to something where, where I can play a, a, a fucking zombie shooter and not feel sick to my stomach because I am so tired of the like, it's so tired the zombie thing is so tired that even pointing out that it's tired is tired. Uh, and But they, they make it feel exciting just because it's got a lot of energy and, and, and pep to it. And I did a video of it for uh, my YouTube channel. And, and I do recommend you check it out because it's a good game. So, yeah, good stuff. It's always nice when a, a, a game uses early access in a way that I feel it should actually be fucking used, yeah. i.e. not exploited. <laughs> oh, there is an early access Steam Greenlighty story this week. Did you catch that there was actual malware on Steam Greenlight this week? I had heard things about it. Hardly <laughs> fucking surprised at this point. That, that feels like somebody making a point. No, no. That, I wish it was that intelligent, but no. Really? Someone took a load of screenshots uh, like from a different Steam Greenlight game, gave it a new title, uploaded the screenshots, and said, ooh, before you vote for us, we have a demo that's playable. You should check out our playable demo in the description and then decide whether you want to vote for us. And the link led to malware. Because, of course, it fucking did. Like, there's got to be... Steam... Valve, 
you've got to have a vetting process at this point. You, you can't just sit back. Like, like, I've been calling this out for a long time now, back when... Back when people were still denying that it was a problem. I was branded a heretic at one point for saying Steam needs quality control. Now everyone's mm. saying it. Uh, and, and I'm just like, at this point, when it's malware, when you've got stolen games, so that was one of the, the ones that yeah. came briefly, um, shortly after I very first said that Steam needs quality control, another publisher published someone else's game. Like, it's... There's got to be more. Like I know it's overwhelming. I know there's a lot of content, but if you open the floodgates, have someone making sure that the water doesn't, yeah. you know, spill over. Well, it's it's probably worth noting. Like they did have a quality control measure in place. It clearly does not work, but their measure was, okay, we are going to charge a hundred. What was it? A hundred dollars to register your game to go on Steam Greenlight. And I don't know if that's still in effect, but I know at one point you had to pay a hundred dollars to put your game on Steam Greenlight. And it doesn't stop anyone. No, like it's some like... of the shit I've seen on Greenlight, it's like like stuff that's been thrown up there purely as a one-note joke that they probably don't even expect to be a game. People have a hundred bucks to burn. They do, but I, I never would have thought they'd have a hundred dollars to burn to put malware up. And apparently it's like, no, yes, a hundred dollars is not a barrier to entry for people uploading malware and pretending it's software. I mean, if it's some, if it was some like snotty rich kid who just wanted to fucking, you know, who gets off on some online vandalism, yeah, they probably would easily spend a hundred bucks just to do that, and then they can, you know, tug on their little icon winky while they think about people who have downloaded it. Um, that just seems to be the way it goes. Yeah. For you know, some people just have so much money and are mm. just so bored that they will do it. And Greenlight is just so full of yeah. people who seem to think. Who have a really fucked up idea of what a good investment yeah. of a hundo is. In, in, their, in the defense of Steam Greenlight's community, though, I will say that they were incredibly swift to act on basically making sure that every single comment on that was, this is malware, do not download that demo, it's really unsafe, back out now. Like They, they, well, are they have to be. Yeah, that community is very quick to act, even if Valve themselves are not. Well, that's it. In the In the... In lieu of there being any actual vigilance on Valve's end, the community has had to take it upon itself to police Valve's property, uh, which they do very well. Um, and and I, I'm actually it's... amused because every time a shitty <coughs> Steam Greenlight trailer goes up on Steam now, um, the comment section sh just starts saying, hey, Jim Sterling should do this one. <laughs> it's ironic because Valve's own, games, Valve's own games that they've made are some of the most perfectly QA'd games you'll ever find. I mean... I don't recall ever finding a bug in Portal or Half-Life or anything feeling unfinished or broken in any of those games. And everything's wonderfully play-tested and so user-friendly in every way. It's just crazy that like the same company lets this happen in their distribution platform. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they seem to have this not-my-circus-not-my-monkeys approach, but... But it is their circus. They're very happy to take in the money and to just not think about the problems, but... That's eventually gonna blow up if they don't do something. Something huge will happen, and yeah. like one of these days, like you, you know what it's gonna be. Someone's going to upload something terribly illegal to Steam Greenlight, and some major news organization like CNN is gonna pick up on it, and the headline will be: Video game distributor Steam starts selling 
bestiality porn or some headline like yeah. that is going to hit CNN. <laughs> and that's when Val review, will be like, review oh, from, shit. Review from Laura coming next week. God, but you, <laughs> you see my fucking point, though. Like, that's what it's going to take. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what it's going to take is that something gets uploaded that the big mainstream news outlets pick up on and suddenly Valve are like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll moderate, it's okay. That's it, it's all fun and games until Steam greenlights two monkeys fucking a barn owl. I've, that, that's the bottom line. And that, that's true in business of all, all strokes. It's all fun and games until two monkeys fuck a barn owl. That's, that's a very well-known saying that you have there. It's a pretty good um, analogy for this podcast, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it's more general good life advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in general, you just if if you're ever in the vicinity of two monkeys shagging a barn owl, just get out of don't there. get involved. Get out yeah, of there. Report it to the local authorities. I mean, that's really what this podcast has always been about: is really instructing you of how best to deal with the situation of two monkeys, or they could be chimpanzees um, performing coitus on a barn owl. Now, look, I'm not saying the barn owl and the monkeys uh, aren't having a good time. Um, they seem to be enjoying it, yes. But the point remains is, it's out in public, it's lewd. It's not for the Kids betterment don't of society. Kids don't want to see it. It's not good no, for it's society. Not. Who's it helping at the end of the day? Who's it helping? It, no one. It it's not even of, helping the monkeys. It's, help, it's a waste of resources from all of them, and that includes the frog and the monkey and the barn owls. They are wasting their resources yeah. on something that's ultimately not going to pan out in the long run. No, there's, there's not a long-term relationship to be fostered there. It, all that's going to happen is because they'll, they'll probably be, they're probably doing it like outside of a local patisserie or somewhere inappropriate. They're just going to end up in juvenile hall. Welcome to the podquisition. <laughs> 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 oh, God, do we have any other news or things? Well, I'd like to finish what I was going to say about GTA Five like half an hour ago. <laughs> so, Gavin, Before you I hear you've been playing. Me. I hear you've been playing GTA Five this week. Tell us about it. I'm not going yeah, to say well, a word was... until you... give us a safe word, and that's when we'll start talking again. What's your safe word? Safe word is when I finish a sentence by asking you a question, which I'm about to do. <laughs> I was like, did you guys try the online mode of GTA? Oh, we can talk again, yay! Yeah. <laughs> Gavin's done. Because it's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, well, that's a good question, question, Gavin. Did you that's try the online question, mode? Gavin. Because as a fucking well, round simulator, it's probably the best one I've ever best fun I've ever had with friends in that like you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, but the missions they give you to do together are actually pretty fun and they're structured and they have different parts and stuff. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let me answer that by talking about two monkeys shagging a barn owl. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I actually, um, I, I really haven't had much time to play because I've, I've been splitting my time between um, Dungeons 2 and, and Slow Down Ball and uh, Chronicles China uh, for review stuff. Um, so I really only played the footage that's available on my YouTube channel, just sort of the opening sections of, of, of GTA 5 on PC anyway mm. um, so I haven't tried the online mode on PC but I really should actually get on with it because I'd yeah. like to try it out while it's relevant I've, I've not played the online mode on PC either I played some of it when it was on console but uh, mm. I would like to so you know if you two both want to jump online sometime we can do some online maybe cool did you guys <laughs> see that it's the most played non-Valve game ever on Steam 
at, at, yeah, at one given moment. Go. Yeah. The most concurrent players ever. I yeah. like. I'm not, not surprised, really surprised because yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised because it's Grand Theft Auto, but I'm still kind of surprised because like mm-hmm. a port of a game that's already been port like it was on consoles then it was ported to the next generation of consoles and then it came to steam like mm. i wouldn't have thought day one for that game on pc would have been i knew it would be huge but i wouldn't have thought it would have been most concurrent players ever huge yeah i mean it just goes to show you how a you know obviously how influential grand theft auto is and b just how passionate pc gamers are about this kind of thing you know it's no joke when they want ports of things because it's clear oh, yeah. that there's a big fucking market there. They'll spend the money. I mean, yeah, they'll spend the money, and for me, um, PC has become my most played platform. Uh, It's just, it's the most convenient way to get games. It's it's the most convenient way to buy games, because digital is just so... um, so much more normal there, so much more Mm. of a normified thing. Um, You know, it it truly is a, 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 a crucial fucking market now, and it, it woe betide those who ignore it. What I one thing I do also l- I think that it's great that it is doing so well though is GTA to me is an example of how to do a game with a fuck ton of content but to do it well. Like yeah, th- of course there's some filler in GTA Five, but there's so many things you like if you're wandering around the countryside, you can like bump into a crazy lady who challenges to do a jogging race and like. So many random things like that that actually have a little story behind them, as opposed mm-hmm. to the filler, the collecting doodads you'd find in most open world games. I really that's like. That's it. Yeah, most yeah. most open world games design a big, huge map. Don't really fill it with anything memorable. They just they, mm. they care more about square footage, so they just mm. design as big a map as possible and then just litter it with things to pick up, mm. and that's content. Uh, whereas something like this is, you know, something like GTA Five is, as you say, you know, it feels just so much more dynamic. There's everything's everything feels like it's there for a reason. It's yeah, not exactly. just there to be there. And that's actually a funny thing because I played the the single player a lot on the Xbox, but I waited mm. for the PC version to try the online because it's just a bit more immersive that way. And uh, there were all of these buildings and areas and I was like, why was that never used? You know, is there some reason for that? And it's only when you go onto the online, you realize this is what all those places are for. There's like, there's, it might be a team death match in this industrial estate or like a horde mode over in this factory over here. And it's just, oh, it's so brilliantly done. <laughs> mm. uh, we've been pretty like fucking hell between that and Bloodborne in the last month. I feel pretty spoiled to be honest. There's so much game to play. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, there's almost too much. I mean, I haven't even finished my second run of Bloodborne to get the the secret ending. So, well, I've been holding on until I get my um because I want to do it properly this time. There are a few things I want to actually, you know, I played the first time through, experiencing all the mystery and curiosity of it all. Mm. Second time through, I want to not miss stuff. I mm. want to start finding secret things. So I've been mm. holding off. I'm still at Gascoigne in New Game Plus, just and wasting time mm. in the chalice rooms mm. until I get the. The guide. Yeah. I, I like. I could read it all online, but I like having books. Um, I pre-ordered the the Bloodborne Prima um, Collector's Edition guide. Uh, pre-ordered it. Came out last fucking Tuesday. Scheduled to arrive to me this fucking Friday. I don't know why I bother pre-ordering anything from Amazon. This happens to me all the fucking time. 
I yes. think they, it, they vastly um, underestimated how many people would buy it. I think that's. I do oh, it all so was time. I. Te- I remember I was telling you to watch this guy's videos. Epic name, bro. Yeah. He basically yes, the he, he's one of the guys who actually works on the guides for From and he also has a YouTube channel where he does playthroughs but he goes through all of the lore and stuff while he does his playthrough and it's mm-hmm. it's like for me it's like almost as essential a part of the experience now as playing the game is watching his videos. Mm-hmm. And there's a little like but anyway, he was uh, saying something about that that a lot of people were kind of angry about the guides and stuff but there was just nothing they could do because I think um, I think Amazon underestimated how many people were yeah, going to buy it. Surprise me! Yeah, yeah. But now I could be completely off base here. Don't <laughs> quote me on that. I I have never, through pre-ordering from Amazon, gotten something on launch day. Uh, they're, they're usually pretty all right with me, other than when someone tries to steal stuff from me because Reggie doesn't want me to have a 3ds. <laughs> but um, I've just like I've finished my first playthrough now and. I am waiting to do my second playthrough until I have a day, entirely a day off. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. A day? But I want... A day to finish Bloodborne? What? (laughs) Well, no, no, no. Like, before I go back into it is, I want a day where I can just dig into New Game Plus in one big sitting rather than trying to play a few hours here and there. Like, that's what I'm looking Mm -hmm. for, is I'm looking for a day where I'm like... Just see how far you get. Yeah, I I want to clear my schedule and be like, right... I have a day to just sit down and immerse myself in more Bloodborne. And that's all I'm doing. So that's what I'm waiting for. Mm. We'll see if that ever well, happens. Good luck chasing that rainbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the last couple of weeks I've had, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, well, I think we're good for questions. Yeah, should yeah. we do questions? Yeah. Uh, first question I've seen pop up, which I think is fun, is... um. From Daniel Brush on Twitter. Do our significant others ever get tired of the three of us constantly yapping, singing into microphones all day? Um, You you get fed up, do you? (laughs) Do you want to come and tell them about you getting fed up? No. No? You you just get fed up? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you've heard that. My significant... Okay, she gets fed up, but it pays the bills. That's what she says. (laughs) <laughs> what about you two? Do either of your significant others get fed up about the yapping into microphones all day? No, she's pretty good about it. I mean, if it's very loud, she'll just come in and quietly close the door, and that's it. Yeah, I think mine, um, it's, it stops me yapping at her all day. Very true. I think she appreciates, <laughs> yeah. I think she appreciates me having the outlet, um, one that indeed also pays the bills, you know. Um, so, yeah, she's quite 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 happy about that I, I think i think the problem for me is i live in a one room flat which means that there is nowhere to escape yeah, from no my escape. yapping all day like <laughs> i'm finishing recording this and going straight into recording someone else's podcast that i'm guesting on this week because i just never stop talking to the internet yeah you see our apartment is a straight line as in there's my office then there's the bedroom and then there's the living room slash kitchen so she's way down the other end of the apartment to me so it doesn't really... I see, that's, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I think if we had that set up then she'd probably be a bit more okay with me and my constant yapping. Yeah. I uh, mean, it what... can, no, but it, I mean Jesus, I can't imagine being in the room if someone's fucking yapping all day long. That would drive me in absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> that would drive me crazy. Yep, somehow it's not yeah. done that to her yet. Like you but... can't watch TV or do anything because the person's voice. Yeah, she, no, I, She does I a lot of watching stuff with headphones on. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, what else do we have in the way of questions? Um, 
Oh, I kind of I kind of like this one from Zach Kerback on Facebook. If you could only have one or the other be like the new norm for the games industry, which of these two would you rather have? Good storytelling and gameplay or honest trailers and no cash grabbing DLC? Well, I like dishonest trailers because they make for very good music videos. So I'm going <laughs> to choose option A there. I, I like option A because I can put up with dishonest trailers and cash grabbing DLC if it means that I get a good uh, a game with a good story and gameplay. Like, I won't be happy about it, but I can put up with it. But honest trailers and cash grab and no cash grabbing DLC doesn't mean very much if your storytelling's terrible and so is your gameplay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, ne- never mind the fact that Option A is brilliant for me all round. Because, first of all, Ubisoft and EA's um, dishonesty and cash that's, that's grabbing. That's like half over your career. Years, <laughs> It's made me a it's made me a pretty penny. So yeah, option A all the fucking you way. Must, mate, you must be both. so gr- so grateful to every company who's done shitty things, Jim. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, um, you complain about wanting the industry to be better, but I'm sure there's a bit of your head that's quietly sat there, like keep being shit, games mm. industry, keep being <laughs> shit. Oh, but seriously, I, mean, I feel the same way about the music industry. I'm like, please keep being shit, so that people think I'm better than I am. <laughs> You, like you do There's young kids saying, it. oh my God, I've never heard anything like this. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just ripping off the bands I grew up with that you never heard because music's shit now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all kinds of industries are fucked up. That's a really good thing to know right now. What um, else do we have? <laughs> culture is in a bit of a weird place, I have to say. It's, it's in a it's bit in of a, a transitional, transitional period. period. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Movies, man. Have... How many fucking superhero trailers came out? This like, I can't keep up with all these super... There's Daredevil and there's like fucking Superman versus Batman now and the Avengers. That's not, no, that's not like, a superhero trailer. The Batman versus superhero... I, Batman versus Superman, I swear, that's a trailer for a new Warhammer 40k game or something. <laughs> In the grim dark Fucking future. miserable as it is. Do you bleed? Do you bleed? Do you bleed? Do you bleed? They probably had to do that robot effect on the voice because it's like, you know, Ben Affleck. And when he tried to sound yeah. serious, people were all laughing on the set. <laughs> be like getting a French person to play Batman. Uh. You believe it. <laughs> I think we've got time for one more question, maybe. Ooh, so okay. I think we've got one more good one. Um, Tor- Torgia Engen. You have a weird name. I don't know how your name works. Uh, Tor- Torgia Engen wants to know, if you were killed by Mega Man, what would his new powers be that he got from killing you? Um. I'm, I'm thinking the, uh, the, the ability to not sleep and constantly produce content would be from me. He'd yeah. just be like, I can't sleep anymore and I must keep working at all hours. He's a robot, though, so he probably already doesn't sleep and operates at all hours. Mm. He'd just continue to be a robot. <laughs> well, he'd be a musical robot, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty obvious one here. Like, <laughs> No, I'm just trying to think about something that doesn't involve the obvious masturbation references. Right. I mean, I'm coming up... <laughs> to pardon the pun, I'm coming up dry. Uh, oh, here's a good one. What's your favorite piece of work from each of your fellow co-hosts? <gasps> oh, who from, was that? Who's that from? From Chip Self. Oh, that's who has a has an good adorable, question. adorable puppy in their avatar. Um, for Gavin, I really like. Well, I've got a soft spot in my heart for the first thing of yours that I heard that I did not realize that until Don't recently. Don't say Commander Shepard. Well, <laughs> 
I, I'm saying Commander Shepard not because... I fucking hate that song. Fuck off, okay. It's not because it's my favourite, but it's because it's the first time that I heard anything you'd done and I really liked it. And, Fair you enough. know, without that, I wouldn't have like known that it's like, oh, this is the guy who makes music. So yeah. that's a thing. Other than that, oh, there's a few. Um, your recent Bloodborne one is a big personal favourite. Like, it's it's really fucking good. I like your Bloodborne. Nice. Yeah. What about Jim? What do I like of Jim's? I think his, um, my favorite work of Jim's was his um, um, unbiased review of Final Fantasy. I think that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. His objective review, I believe it was called, wasn't it? The 100% objective review yeah. of Final Fantasy thirteen. yeah. And for Laura, I'm going to have to go with you um, being on stage and playing tambourine with Jared White. That's, that's better than anything I've ever written, is it? <laughs> No, your Molyneux interview was extremely good. That one was great. I was going to say that too. Like I, the, you, the interviews you've been doing, the Molyneux one and the um, the other one. Uh, Jack Outrage. They did go up, didn't Yeah, yeah it did go yeah. up. For some reason I thought you'd shown it to me before it went up. <laughs> no, I was no, no, no. That went, that it. went no, up on Monday, up. yeah. Yeah, like the interviews you've been doing for The Guardian are um, some really good stuff. Yeah, I sometimes um, do intelligent so work and not just talking about <laughs> balls. <laughs> um... Yeah, for Jim, like I, I remember um, getting really into the Dismal Jesters when you first launched that. Like I remember being very aware of like, oh, this is a podcast that is ostensibly about video games that doesn't take itself too seriously. That's a new thing for me, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. Like getting to be like, oh, I can, like it's it can be a thing to be a bit more silly and ridiculous in podcasts about video games. I quite mm. like that. Jim's top tens are also a highlight for me. The end of year top tens that you do, the ones that are kind of not really top tens of anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last time I did one of those, it got a huge backlash from I guess new subscribers who oh, were just really? used to Jimquisition and Let's Play type stuff. Oh, no, yeah, I, like I, I really was shocked. <laughs> it was. Some people were very angry at it, but I, what can you do? I have a lot of fun watching your stuff where um, it's the truly terrible games that you just spend, like, probably longer than was necessary being like, just, just what? What is happening? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I think back, your, your air traffic, was it air traffic or air control? Air control. Air control. Yeah. Your air control video where it was just, what is happening now? Why are there giant bones everywhere? Why do I have a gun? What's happening? Like just the, the 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 conviction to just like going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh no, I was going to ask am I right in thinking that hard cash is your favourite? <laughs> well, I mean, it is the theme tune of the Jimquisition, I uh, the Podquisition rather. I did uh, when it first came out. I said like, can I have your permission to use this one day in something? <laughs> um, it is one of my favourites. It's it's probably actually a tie though between hard cash and um, I believe. Did you call it roll out the Transformers one? Oh yeah, roll out. Yeah, Jesus, God, I've forgotten about that one. Yeah. Oh, what what was the name of the song you did that was um about the um the Fables game? I forget what the Fables game's called even now. Um, the the Telltale the Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us. Yes, your Wolf oh, Among Us song. Um, that was called. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember either, but I really liked your Wolf Among Us song, and I forgot that it was called the Wolf Among Us even. <laughs> I remember the words. It's like um, 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 cheap smoke rising like a spirit in the dark glow of a New York street. What yeah. the fuck is the name of it? <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna Google that. Oh, oh wait, I remember. It's a dog's life. That's it. A dog's, a dog's life, life. Yes. 
I really like that one. So there you go. There's one of yours I like. Oh. So, yeah, that was that was a nice, really uplifting way to end the show, I think. Nice yep. and positive, yeah. yeah. Fun times yep. all round. Um, right, yes. Laura, we just talked about your work and the serious work you do. You do wonderful interviews. Um, and, and if I may be so bold, I do still earnestly think 2015 is the year of the Laura, but how can people find that out for themselves? If you want to find out if this year is the year of the Laura, you can go to at Laura K Buzz on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz, Laura K Buzz on pretty much bloody everything. Um, This week you can go look at my interview with Jack Atridge, who is um, Peter Molyneux's second in command, who basically abandoned the studio to go make his own stuff. Um, you can see my work on Polygon, where I spoiled Life is Strange episode two and talked about like, hey, maybe this did a thing that it maybe shouldn't have done. And I wrote about that on Polygon. And then you can see me on Destructoid Monday to Friday, writing about butts and stuff, because video games. Awesome. And Gavin, people are fans of your songs, even though you can't remember the names of any of them. <laughs> How can people find out more about your fine work? They can head to YouTube and look for Miracle of Sound, where you will find a brand stankin' new Bloodborne song, which is going down very well, and who I've been trying to get the attention of Sony, but my God, Sony are hard to contact. (laughs) (laughs) I can send it to one of their community people. I know their community uh, manager. Oh yeah, cool. Do awesome. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, they can you can find me on Twitter, Miracle of Sound, and hear me not getting in trouble for the last month, and I've been very well behaved. Well, that's yeah. good to know. That's yeah. always good. <laughs> and keeping your nose clean, Jim. Where can we find you then? Well, um, you can always uh, check me writing out at thegymquisition.com or if you're more of a videos person, then you can go to youtube.com slash jimsterling, which just broke 200,000 subscribers um, on Monday. Good job. I was very pleased that about that. That was so that. quick, man. Uh, when, when did you start the channel? Uh, let's see. I I mean, I've had the channel for years and years, but I only started really... But really like actual for real, like... On it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it Not will, even two years, is it's it? It's probably about... It's a year and a half now. Yeah, That's crazy, yeah, man. That's 200k in that impressive. amount of time. Yeah. And I mean, YouTube yeah, I mean, really I, has I a snowball effect. Happy. I think like, I just hit 2,000 this week, so... You know, I've got a bit of catching up to do. You'll it's get a that. snowball. Um, yeah. it's, that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, it does. It gets... The more you that's have, the I more you then get after. Yeah. As long as I keep making videos about John Cena fucking John Cena, then I'll be fucking... I mean, the, that's a demographic that's untapped. Like, you get in there. You know, that's how Yogscast did it, you know. Mm, they, they, I would say it's a demographic in early with the Minecraft pretty, videos. pretty tapped, actually. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening, yeah. everyone. Oh, yes, yes, thank you all. Um, seriously, thank you. Like, like, the support and everything's just been incredible, especially lately. It's just... The, the, the numbers are all up, and everyone's into what we're doing and couldn't be happier, mm. so... We'll be and back we should next tell week. them what we were and, saying before uh, the show, before we go, about how we're nearly on our 24th episode, which will mean that you poor audience have like spent a whole entire day of your lives I, listening I to our we, bollocks. We, I think we might have already hit that because some of our episodes are over an hour. Several uh, of them so have yeah. 15 or 20 minutes extra, so you may have already wasted an entire day of your hour. A day of the your hour? What is wrong with you people? An, yeah, an entire day on our bollocks. You've, yeah, you've wasted an entire day of your life on our bollocks. And that's not a place you want to spend that much time. (laughs) You know, three minutes on our bollocks is long enough. 
it gets moist after five. So really take care of yourselves. Use talcum powder. Okay, some something to dry yourselves out. And if you're having and problems, we'll just load up that um, club in Metro Last Light. That'll help. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a very good 